On a long flat highway in a hail damaged Chevrolet A young woman dreams about her escape Hey everybody, welcome back to the Redline Roots podcast. Really excited to bring this conversation with Charlie Parr to you this time around. Charlie has a brand new album out called Last of the Better Days Ahead. And as I expressed to him at the beginning of our conversation, I found myself really slowing down to listen to this record. It finds him and maybe me too in kind of a contemplative space as we sort of come out on the other side of a really strange year and who knows maybe we're going into an even stranger year ahead um but uh as charlie talks about in this interview uh he crafted a lot of these songs lyrics first which is new for him and i think you can hear that in the songs and how they came out um they are reflective, they're thoughtful, they're thought-provoking, uh, they're funny, they're sad, um, and all the things that we uh, come to associate with Charlie Parr, too. They're uh, accessible and interesting and unique and characterized by really incredible uh, guitar playing and singing that is honest and beautiful and true. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Charlie Parr about his new record, Last of the Better Days Ahead. So Charlie, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, listening to this record, it really kind of slowed me down. You know, like I had to, I, I, you know, it sounds funny to say this about music, but I had to sort of slow down and, and really listen, and I feel a lot of gratitude for that. And I'm just wondering, sort of in the writing and the development and the recording, how much were you thinking about kind of that, that pace of the record? Um, I, I, I actually I thought about it a lot. Mm. I, I, I knew this was going to be a slower record. Um, it was initially in my head when I was, I, you know, I wrote it. I wrote it in the in the four months following the, you know, March of twenty twenty. So yeah. a lot of stuff was happening. A lot of, you know, feelings. Um, and I was completely isolated. You right. know, um, and. As the as the songs were like gelling together and it, you know and, and kind of creating what felt to me like a neighborhood, you know, yeah. song. The, the record to me, as it was coming together, felt like a book of short stories. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I treated it, and it definitely felt like it was going to have a slower pace. It, initially, I thought it was going to be an ensemble record. I thought I would have, you know, a small combo involved. Yeah. And then as I got to the recording process part of it, it just, these songs didn't, didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that it was going to have to be a solo record. Huh. Um, and, and the pace was going to be slower. And, 
you know the the there, it's it's worrier than than things that I recorded in the past, and mm. um, I, I wanted to to kind of shine light on some of those words. So a lot of the songs, you know, instead of being kind of music, you know, top down from music to lyrics, I went the other way. Yeah, and so the the the, the music started to like form itself around the around the lyrics and that's exactly the opposite of what I usually do oh interesting uh, so it, it definitely it definitely you know pacing and and you know tempo was on my mind quite a bit when I was when I was putting it together do you think I mean to what extent do you think the sort of isolation that you know we've all experienced to some extent to a great extent <laughs> in the past so as you were writing a, to what extent do you think that isolation sort of drew you to the words first or, or do you think that's just what these songs were doing well you know I'm that's kind of a big question because yeah. I um, I'm, a, I'm an introvert yeah. And I have, you know, in addition to clinical depression, I have an anxiety disorder. So mm-hmm. when when I ended up like, you know, when when the lockdown happened, you know, it was it was not uncomfortable for me to be alone because right. that's my that's my natural habitat. Mm-hmm. The, the problem for me is that's way too comfortable for me. Right. And and so I read and I listen to music and I'm I'm influenced by things that aren't necessarily Alive, if that yeah. makes any sense. Uh-huh. I'm not influenced by my neighbors or my friends anymore, or other bands, or you know, people walking around the streets. I'm suddenly influenced by books. Yeah, you know, I've read a lot and um, didn't really, you know, have the same kinds of influences that I usually have. So I think, you know, that atmosphere that I I created an atmosphere in my room then of, of you know, me and my brain and my books and listening to a lot of um, instrumental, ambient, mm-hmm. experimental, you know, drone music mm-hmm. for some reason, which was what I happened to be into at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all that stuff kind of gelled together to, to, to <clears throat> you know, to, to have that effect that the words were suddenly, you know, at the top of the pile for once. Yeah, yeah. Well, um... It's interesting to, well, I guess, you know, you'd mentioned before, I'm, I'm trying to resist jumping in too, too specifically right now, but I'm going to do it anyway, because um, you meant, like, Decoration Day, you know, it, it's, it's just interesting to me that you're in that atmosphere um, of sort of what's, you know, coming into your life, you know, it's, it, picks up speed about halfway through and then like you know a couple minutes later this like really light percussion comes in there's a rumbling sound there that I don't quite know what it is but I've listened to it a bunch of times I'm like what's going on there um and you know what it made me think of Charlie it made me think of you've you've said before when we've talked is that you know songs or or music are just sort of pushing air molecules around you know and it made me think like man I bet every time this song gets played there's kind of a new there's something new to discover there um how are you thinking about 
about that song? Well, yeah, Decoration Day is, is, is a weird one, I guess, because I've wanted to kind of do another, I did an instrumental record at some point. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to do another one, and I, I still want to do another one, but beyond that, you know, the beginning of the song is is, is very, like, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the kind of more acoustic portion of the song, mm-hmm. the, the 12-string part, is, is, a, is a pretty specific you know, kind of composed piece of music, and then right. what we did was the, the the rumbling sound you hear is actually a, a heavily affected bass guitar that Liz Draper plays. Oh, um, huh. and, and so what we did was we listened. We you know we sat in the studio with instruments and listened to the track, which is just me and and Liz Draper playing acoustic bass. Mm-hmm. And and then at a point when people felt move they would kind of respond to what was happening in in the piece and then as the as the as the actual song which is just the 12 string part dies away then mm. we would kind of continue um reacting to it yeah and that part went on for longer than i thought it would i thought hmm. that that would be another another minute or two but it turned out to be another i think seven or eight minutes yeah of that part, which is just kind of, you know, our collective reaction to the first part. Um, I, I lost track of what your question was. Well, so is that is that just like, you know, um, you know, is the is the take that's on the record? Is that just like that was our reaction in that moment? And right. oh, you know, yeah. two days later, if I played Decoration Day again the reaction would be different and we'd be capturing a different feeling. Yeah. Oh, oh totally. I mean, mm. that, 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 I can say that about any of those songs. Though. Yeah. I mean, I can actually say that about any of the songs that I've written, period. Sure. Um, you know, song, they're never done. They're, they're, they kind of get rewritten every time I sit down and play them. Yeah. And Decoration Day, for sure, you know, when that song, if that song gets played live, it ends up getting played live as the ending of the song called Rain. Yeah. Which is, if you listen to the record in order, you know, rain yep. ends yep. with the beginning, the very beginning of Decoration Day. Right. And so when I would play that live, that's that's where it will hmm. end up going. Um, and it'll it'll probably not sound like it does there, and it won't have the the ending on it if I'm doing it solo, yeah. obviously. But yeah, I I totally agree with that. You know, all all this all this all the music is subject to. To that, I, I think that's I think that's right for me. I think it feels right for me just to you know let let music flow like that. Sure. You know, that's the kind of, that's just how I approach it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned before that you thought about these songs initially as sort of ensemble pieces, and I know that you know you worked with Brad Cook on this record, and you know Charlie. Sometimes it. Sometimes listening to your records, I think some people could get the mistaken impression that a producer just comes in and sort of hits record and says, Charlie, do your thing. And you do your thing and then, you know, stops recording and says, all right, we're good. <laughs> you well, know, and so I'm wondering what, what are some of those conversations that you had with Brad around some of the decisions and how, how did that process work for you? Okay, this is, this is, this is going to make you laugh. Um, yeah. I, I started recording some things. I sent, you know, kind of rough 
rough versions of these songs to Brad. Mm-hmm. He kind of lived with him for a little while, <clears throat> and Brad's a good friend of mine, and I, I you know, admire him so much, and sure. he's really looking forward to working with him. Um, of course, we couldn't be together yeah. you know, if we were doing this remotely. And so mm. he listened to them, and then we had this long talk on the phone where we agreed that, you know, these songs were going to have to be solo songs. Mm. And he gave me some really good, tight suggestions, uh, mm. especially for the title track. Yep. Um, and, uh, and then we went our ways, and that's when I actually went to record the record. Mm-hmm. What happened in the studio was Eric Hoskin in the studio, Eric mm. propped the, the studio door open, and I played him the record. Um, and, and Liz Draper was, had her upright bass along mm-hmm. for two songs. She played that in the engineer's control room mm-hmm. live. Nothing was done, you know, except for decoration day. This is, right. every everything is done live. Sure. But I, Eric and I chatted, and I played him a song, and then we talked some more, and I played him another song. Yeah. And that's the way we did the whole thing. So <laughs> I think... So it was what I thought. <laughs> Other than the phone call. <laughs> Other than the phone call, and, and honestly, that phone call was was an instrumental part of the record. You know, Brad's input, um, yeah. his his thoughts about the record were invaluable to me. Sure. Um, but you know, sometimes sometimes what you need isn't real specifically, hey, do this here. Right. But what you need is someone to say, you know, you're 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 going to be fine. You know, <laughs> just start hitting the strings, and it's going to be okay. Mm. And and you know, Brad gave me you know, a motivation, a kind of a, you know, a kind of a, you know, pat on the shoulder that I, that I always need when I'm trying to do something like this because I, it never feels like I'm up to the task, you know? Mm. Hmm. Man, it, <laughs> that I, it's, I don't know, it's interesting. I think this, I think I read this is your 13th record and, uh, you know, I mean, I hope it's assuring to people who are like, you know, haven't recorded a record yet and don't feel up to the task that a lot of people who are very accomplished and have made like really beautiful albums come to a new album and say i don't know if i'm up to the task you know like i hope that's i don't know i hope that's validating in a way that that's sort of like part of i don't know do you find that's part of the process of that sort of threading that needle between you know saying like all right i'm gonna do this and like and wondering can i i i think it's totally part of the process i yeah. for me it's an important part of the process because yeah. i'm a i'm a heavy editor you know i'm, I'm uh, you know songs are like i said songs are never done they're yeah. always being edited even after they've been recorded right. and i'm always questioning whether or not this is what i should be doing at this particular time wow. there are three records that i recorded that never got released because um, you know, I I really wasn't up to the task, and I did it anyway, and I don't regret, you know, doing it. Right. Um, but I think that if I didn't, if I didn't, if I didn't question myself and go through that process, I I, I don't know how I don't know how that would be. I, yeah. You know, it would. Money can't buy back that 64 Falcon that you sold in your 20s and regretted it was gone. Cause you thought it contained some meaning or some answers to a life. But you never bothered to question 
or even take a good close look at it. And it broke her heart to see how it been so important. From the feeling of the steering wheel to the rubber on the road. And now it's grown unrealistic proportions in your mind. I'd, I'd love, Charlie, to think about some of these the songs specific. We've talked about Decoration Day, but you mentioned the title track before. And I, as I was listening to Last of the Better Days, I just thought, wow, this is a perfect blues song because I don't know if I should be laughing or if I should be crying or if I should be doing both and uh, I, I'm just wondering sort of as you think about that song you know what you know it feels like it feels like it could you know uh, be all of those emotions uh, at, at once how, how do you think about that that song well yeah yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. I mean, you know, it's it's just, I I did that about like I had when I was young, I had a couple of really nice vintage guitars. Yeah. And, you know, I find myself pining for those guitars every once because, you know, you, you just get rid of stuff and you don't think about it and yeah. it's, it's gone. And then, and then you mythologize it later, you know. Right. That was the best guitar I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and, and then later on, that was just beyond the best guitar I've ever had in my life. That was the most <laughs> valuable piece of equipment ever existed. You know, it, right. It, it's silly. You know, it's it's really silly. But my emotions about missing it are real. Yeah. My my feelings about about like you know, regret about getting rid of it are all real. The mythology behind it is false. Right. You know, that's that's the fake part, but I'm mixing the, the two things together. Uh, initially, that song was was um, not quite so accusatory sounding. It wasn't in, uh-huh. the, in the in the second person. It was in the first person. It was just about you know some some guy driving around his hometown yeah. and, and missing all the old things that used to be there when he was a kid. But that felt even sillier. Right. Um, and so it got it it the edges got really rough after I changed it in the second person but yeah I think I think the the, the, the main idea is, is still there that you know our feelings about all these things are very real and need to be need to be looked after you know mm-hmm. but the thing in itself that we're mythologizing I think you know in my life I need to take a better a clearer look at you know why I'm making up this kind of folklore about a, about an object you sure know? Yeah. You can do about it. You can do it about anything. You can do it about you know trash that you threw away when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. And that's I bet that's worth a lot of money now because of advertising from you know gum wrappers or whatever. Right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I. You know. Um, it's kind of. It's kind of like what I was thinking about when I was. Uh, listening to that song is I was thinking about you know we do have all these sort of emotions about where we are in life and sometimes because we don't know what to do with them we sort of attach them to things or places or times of life that just aren't aren't there anymore you know Um, but it but it sort of and I it's interesting to hear you say like and that's real and there's sort of like this like uh you, you know, um, 
inability then to like really look at the emotion. Right, right, and that's the that's the problem. I think I have this. Mm. I had the same problem with with my 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 dad. He died in mm-hmm. 1995, yeah. and I wasn't ready for that. I've had you know yeah. grieving kind of things going on ever since, and I, you know I've had to kind of really really take a good hard look at you know my emotions about mm. that event, and you know my mythology about who my dad was, mm-hmm. and and try to get you know try to get through all that kind of stuff and find out about myself not find out more about the story i'm telling you about my dad mm-hmm. do, do you know what i mean yes yeah. definitely yeah and that you know as as you say that you know it may, it it's sort of you know shifting my thinking to everyday opus and that verse about you know, thinking about looking up an old friend, um, and connecting. And I feel like that, you know, that might be, you know, that old friend might be a a family member, like a a parent or, or a sibling or something, but it might be, you know, a, a, an old friend from, from your life. But like, you know, especially after this past year, I feel like there's, you know, sort of this hopefully this recognition that there is like work to those relationships and that that verse really caught me I have to say um and I don't know if there's a question there Charlie I'm just sort of <laughs> remarking that 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 you know I've, I've I've listened to that song a whole bunch and that verse always sort of hit hits yeah. home pretty hard well you're exactly right I mean all relationships are are you know are an effort and there's something to be cared for Mm. with with mindfulness and if you're not willing to do the work i i'm not sure that that phone call should really take place yeah (laughs) you know you have to you have to be willing to take care of it you know you get you get anything a house plant you know if you're not willing to take care of it you know you should you shouldn't go to the store and buy it if you're not willing to take care of those friendships (laughs) even if it's with your siblings or your cousins or whatever it is you know yeah you, you have to you have to put in the effort you have to be um you know outside of yourself and mindful about that kind of thing yeah yeah it's interesting there's one of the interesting sort of as you thought like as you mentioned before this this record being kind of a a neighborhood or a collection of short stories the the shift from everyday opus to on fading away, you know, from the sort of mundane, mundane life to just like, you know, floating down the river is a really interesting, like, how do you think about the songs kind of in conversation with each other that way? Well, it is like a neighborhood. I mean, yeah. in the neighborhood that I live in, you know, you don't have to go too far away to find a very, very different, divergent kinds of stories. You know, mm. you, you might have you know people who have never left the county, right. living right next to someone who's you know who's done a, a lot of adventurous things with their lives and continues to you know seek out those kinds of adventures. They're not desperate. They're, they're you know they're able to to exist well next to one another and even complement one another. I mean, it's, mm. uh, you know, it, it's not, um, it, it's not, it's not, 
not so different. You know, we're all kind of, you know, having our own... The, the character in Everyday Opus is having his adventure. It's bleak and terrifying. Um, and the character in on Fading Away is, is having a similar adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're both kind of internally terrifying adventures. <laughs> right. Charlie, I, this this record is so deep it's so so you know i i mean it just it really rewards re-listening i i've been just so enjoying it and, I, and congratulations on it I've, I've i'm so thankful for it um thank you and, that means a lot to me. thank you so much yeah um i've got one more question if you've got two minutes yeah absolutely cool um so and this is a serious question that i don't want you to take seriously um okay. and so it, it it is inspired by this guy Langhorn Slim uh who's a, I, I love his music but uh yeah me too yeah um so Charlie on on Twitter a couple of years ago I haven't seen him do this in a long time but you know like every like couple of days he would just tweet out like Otis Redding, These Arms of Mine, best song ever, all capital letters, you know, and it was just like in his life at that moment, and he wanted to share it with the world, you know, but that kind of unabashed joy, like this song is the best song ever, you know, and kind of, you know, so, you know, and kind of poking fun at the idea that there is a best song ever, but, but there can be in a moment, you know, and so... Yeah, that's the that's the question, and you can think of it as like, what's the best song ever right now, Charlie? Or you can think of like, what's a song that's just bringing you joy and or or giving you life these days? History lesson part two by the Minutemen. Love it. Yeah. You, oh yeah. Perfect. You don't even and and what I love about it is you don't have to say a a damn word about it. You can just <laughs> just let people find it and just go uh, listen to it. Yeah, that's great. That's, and if, Right. And if you're not, if you're not, you know, familiar with Minutemen, yeah. that song is the absolute perfect introduction to the band. Awesome, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> well, Charlie, thanks so much for your time. y'all well i hope you'll check out the Minutemen. i hope you'll check out charlie parr's new record uh out now you can stream it you can buy it uh but whatever you do you should be listening to it i uh, hope you'll share this episode too feel free to click that share button give us a follow on spotify or apple podcasts uh, or wherever you get your podcast, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of the great conversations that we've had or will have in the future. Um, or just tell a friend. Uh, feel free to email it out to people or just let them know that they should check out Redline Roots for good, honest conversations with artists doing incredible work. Hope you have a great day and thanks for tuning in. Our hands, our feet, our hearts, ain't they all the same if you left out here with me? When you feel the rain